So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection, with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I, of course, am Rico Shields. And Jean, sadly, may not be able to be with us tonight. Uh, she's had a little family emergency she has to deal with. So our thoughts and uh, and well wishes and prayers are with her and her family. Uh, if uh situation allows, she might join us uh, sometime during the show. Uh, now, as usual, at our... At our outset, I kind of like to give a shout-out to some of our friends. Of course, Expect Wonderful is, is one of them, and uh, Meredith's right here with us, so we're going to be talking about that some more. Uh, Inner Child is, well, family uh, to Gene and I, and um, uh, particularly for writers, poets, but uh, uh, anyone uh, uh, of a heart-centered persuasion, they can be a, a wonderful group of folks, and I hope you'll visit them. You can find them at Inner Child dot ning n i n g dot com and uh just a great group of folks uh bill and uh just bill as we call him uh janet uh great group of people and uh then we'll talk a little bit about our looking younger project uh, somewhere somewhere during the episode but for now everybody uh, help me uh, welcome meredith murphy how are you meredith hi rick Thank you so much for inviting me to join you today. I'm really happy to be here. Well, we're just thrilled that it that it worked out, and I know that Jean will be uh, sad that she doesn't get to be here to ask questions too, because uh, uh, she's always enjoyed your work. And uh, uh, thank you. And so we're just excited to have you. And she's she's a, a big fan and longtime friend of Michael's as well. So she she always enjoys talking about uh, Michael. He has a few fans. He has a few. Yeah. <laughs> and He's a popular uh, guy, I think. Yeah. And 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 she's in fact been to the lake up there that we keep seeing the picture of, but um Oh, Lake uh, Louise. Lake Louise, so she was interested yeah. to to hear that. Um I know that there's just gosh, you know, we used to say, well, let's see what's going we'll talk about what's going on in there, but there's so much going on, there's no way we could cover the kind of accelerated changes that we're seeing around uh, personally. And, and of course, I, I think you probably are more of the viewpoint I am that a lot of this Occupy and other things that we're seeing in the exterior are because of work that we're all doing collectively on the interior. Uh, right. And uh, I'm thrilled by all of it and, and following it a little uh, as 
time allows, and I don't have much time for news, but um, I know that that you've been having interesting times lately with some moving around and and uh, <laughs> or, or thinking I was going to move around, and chasing around, and and you know. Um, so why don't we start off for? I mean, it's hard to imagine, but for any of our listeners that might not have uh, heard of you or expect wonderful, give us just a really brief, you know, who's Meredith and what do you do? Um, well, I am presently involved as uh, a channeler, and I teach and write about leading edge spirituality, and I'm also I also blog about my own experiences um, in applying leading-edge teachings to my life. And um, like many of us that have gotten involved in the planetary process of awakening, um, I was completely oblivious to this for many years, and yet inside of me there was a strong sense that I was here for a particular reason, that there was something important for me to do with my life, and, and it felt bigger than what we usually think of as our mission or our purpose in life. And so I spent many, many years in um, organizational development, in executive coaching, in career coaching. And then in my early 40s, I had um, a pretty serious illness. I had mercury poisoning. And like many of us, I had this thing happen in my life that just derailed me and took me kind of out of the mainstream. And then at that point, my inner world which had always been very intuitive. I had been a long-time Buddhist meditation practitioner. Um, my inner world merged with this experience in teaching and advising and coaching, and I started to work in the realm of spirituality. And at that point, I was contacted by first Archangel Raphael and then Archangel Michael, uh, as well as others. And so I've become a conscious channel and I'm a messenger for these non-physical beings to communicate and share expanded perspectives at this time of awakening. So that's what I'm that's what I'm mostly doing and loving. It sounds wonderful. It sounds a uh, uh, a typical unique story of how all that works. Uh, you had a little a bit of a health thing in there. Uh, a lot of us have done that. Uh, as I like to put it, we don't recommend it, but <laughs> dramatic health challenges can sometimes start Actually, things. Yes, and it was so ironic for me because my dad is the dentist who put my fillings in, which eventually led to the mercury poisoning. So I'm sure I arranged all this, you know. And uh, I think that, you know, it was okay because the way that these things happen when they do happen is you have this strange sense, or at least I did, that everything was okay. So even though it wasn't necessarily what I expected to happen in my life, I also had a really profound sense that it was okay, that I was all right, that there was something going on. Um, and I think when you have that kind of curious approach to your experiences, things come alive for you and um, things are revealed because you're looking and you're trying to understand. Right, as opposed to... Uh, uh... I, I guess it's uh, Veronica with Elohim that says it's not why it's wow, <laughs> look at this. And that's that curious uh, uh, aspect that you're talking about, where you know, okay, this is an experience I haven't had before. This could be interesting, instead of you know, freaking out 
uh, so to speak, you know, because I've had some wild experiences along the road to get here. And um, and I suppose here at Everyday Connection, hearing and one of the questions that we hear often from folks uh, in the chat room or online is, you know, how do I know that I didn't just imagine it or make it up? How do I know that I'm hearing the right thing? And uh, so that's kind of what we talk about. And I know that you've got some uh, subjects that have been on your mind lately about uh, ways to tap into inner clarity because really that's kind of what we're all doing, is figuring out how to do that. Um, and I know it can be a very personal journey, but uh, we've all found some great tools to use along the way. Um, and I know that you've found some tools and methods as you've spelunked around the idea frontier. <laughs> I think that um, one of the most useful things that I ever read about how to tell if you're channeling, which I think also works for most kinds of intuition, came from um, a, a student of Edgar Cayce's work, Henry Reed, who runs the Edgar Cayce Center, and he wrote a really great book about um, channeling and intuition. And one of the things he suggests, which is just very simple, which is that when you receive guidance, take action on it. And what happens when you receive guidance and you don't take action on it is there's this, I think there's a dilution of your connection. You, you know, it's, it, so when you receive intuition or guidance or you get a sense about things, I try to find some way to apply it if I'm doubting it because then I get immediate feedback. And plus I, I kind of um, confirm my commitment with my inner, my inner being. So by taking action, I'm acting in trust. And, um, you know, you don't have to jump off a cliff or do something crazy that's going to um, be super stressful if it doesn't work right. But, you know, to move in the direction of your intuition, typically you can get a lot of validation pretty quickly if you take action on things. Plus, I think it amplifies your connection. I agree. And Nestor's always been really big on, on that, that, you know, well, if you're laying on your couch and you're asking for guidance, the only guidance you're going to get is get up. So until you do that, it's kind of like trying to if, – if I know some of our listeners may have never been in a car that didn't have power steering, but uh, old manual steer cars, if you were sitting still, you just basically almost could not turn the steering wheel. But even just the tiniest bit of motion, forward or backwards, didn't really matter. If you got those tires rolling a little bit, boy, you could crank them all away, no problem. But when they were sitting still, they just didn't want to move. And that that's kind of the way um, that it's easier to guide somebody in motion than it is to try to lay it all out for you in advance because it doesn't really well, work that way. You're hitting on such an important thing, Rick, which is this being in the flow. And that um, for me, I do experience the flow in physical stillness sometimes. So sometimes I'm... Um, like in the mornings I get up and I have a real routine that I've had for a very long time, which is that I get up real early in the morning and I'm, I have quiet time to myself and um, usually I write and sometimes I meditate and sometimes I channel, but not usually. Usually it's more kind of a, a manifestation creation time and then um, a stillness time for me. But in that stillness, for example, if you get intuition, sometimes what moves is your vision of yourself. 
is your willingness to embrace a larger vision or a new sense of what's possible. So for me, it doesn't always require me to take physical action, but what it does require me to do that you just talked about is to be in the flow, is to be willing to allow my identity and my sense of self to be fluid and to, um, you know, and we're all getting <laughs> pressed pressed through the, I just had the picture in my mind when I said that of a garlic press, how it squishes the garlic, <laughs> what a picture. But, you know, we're all getting pressed right now to release all these things that, are, that we're attached to and to really move into a more fluid state of being. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 that's a great distinction. It doesn't have to be physical action, but, you know, if you're, if you're guidance, if you're intuition is to be still and that one is sometimes hard for us to follow i find in the modern world um i often say that my health problems were just you know my own attempt to get myself to sit still long enough to really listen and uh because i had a near-death experience and then i got out of the hospital and within about a week i was going down to the office and telling them pretty soon i'd be back down there full time and then i got hit again (laughs) and it was uh, quick, put me right back down in the bed. In fact, it, it looked like it was going to put me in a wheelchair. And uh, fortunately, it didn't go that far. But uh, I sat still in my mind as well as in my body, and that made the difference. Um, so it was well, definitely... That's happening a lot right now. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I say it was just definitely time for that. You know, I was I apparently wanted it to happen now, and and um, so it is kind of an interesting distinction. You know, you almost have to listen to some of the guidance that involves some action, maybe, to get enough feedback to trust yourself when the guidance is to do nothing. Absolutely, and I think it's also it's a lot easier to learn law of attraction and to learn to trust your intuition on simpler things. So when, but unfortunately one of the things that often happens in life is that we're busy and in the state of busyness, there's a lot of distractions. And then even if our inner being is trying to get our attention, sometimes we don't hear it. And then the time that we finally stop and listen is when there's a problem and I think this is true in terms of healthcare. You know, uh, an acupuncture friend of mine used to say that um, people think of their health and they think of like the horizon line being I'm okay, and um, they come see a doctor when they've moved below that level when something's not right, and they wait till they get back to the horizon line and then they stop coming. And she was always telling me she's trying to get people to look up and realize that optimizing your health, for example, is limitless and that there's a practice of cultivation involved. And I think more and more people, as they begin to turn inward, whether they're led there by something like what happened to you and me or whether they have their own individual experience that pulls them there, um, people are starting to move into a state of cultivating their connection with their inner clarity. And I think um, it's really fun when you start to ask, more frequently and therefore receive more guidance and start to feel more inspired from within yourself. And um, gradually this, this becomes um, kind of a state of being where you're, you feel coherent, like you feel like you understand yourself and you feel like things in your life make sense and you feel like things happen that are connected and you can 
start to sense patterns and cycles in your own experience, and that's really exciting. Oh, it really is. I I, I try on occasion. I've, I've pretty much given it up, but I used to try to explain to people the way that synchronicities would line up, and you you. It, it, it's hard, even in retrospect, to explain to explain how these this string of events that seemed kind of silly, any one of them would have might have seemed silly by itself, but it led over here, and wasn't this really cool? Or and um, so it's almost something you have to experience, and it is. It's exhilarating. It, it was. I was almost jumping up and down the first time I really was sure that I had, you know, noticed. <laughs> And, and and in some cases, yeah. that's what it is, is just trying to notice. Right. Right. And, you know, um, I forgot the doctor's name, but in the movie What the Bleep, uh, oh, what's his name, Joseph something, Dr. Joseph something, he says, one of the men that's interviewed in the movie, he says that when he is creating his day in the morning, he asks for the universe to surprise him in ways so that he is certain that's what ha- what is happening is flowing forth from this quantum unified field of oneness that we that we are learning to tap into and identify with. So I think one of the things is if you want to know for sure that you are receiving guidance from within you, then ask to have it validated. And that validation can come in a lot of ways. It can come in a song on the radio. It can come by making what you experience more real as you talk to another person about it and they affirm it or they tell you a similar story. It might come in a movie, uh, might come when you pick up a book, but um, there are a lot of ways to receive validation for the signs that we get. And I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for validation. In fact, what you're saying when you ask for validation is, I want to get good at this. I want to trust in this. I know that it's right to trust in this, and I know that it's a little unfamiliar to me, so help me out here. Um, and I think that that's a great way to call forth a, a stronger and clearer sense of your own guidance to do that kind of thing. Right. And um, and I find that the surprises can be delightful fun. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. I mean, it... Yeah, it's almost so many are waiting for trumpets and banners to fling from heaven and um, uh, something very serious. And uh, my synchronicities in life, my inner self has a great sense of humor because they can be funny, uh, particularly to sit and look at. And, and some of the things that have happened with Everyday Connection and, and are some of the things that are happening that we hope to announce uh, soon um have just been i mean Gina and I'll stop and think about it and we just laugh because it's it's like boy I hope we've got emails and recordings and things cuz nobody'd ever believe us if we told, if we said this is how it happened I find this so beautiful what you're saying because I think that also like I think about you know, you and I have been friends on Facebook and we know each other from other things too, but I, I think about your posts on Facebook and you sh- you share a lot of your humorous posts. And so th- I have a feeling that part of the way we experience this reflects kind of our sensibility because I'm, I'm very poetic and I'm very interested in beauty and um, my background's also in art and stuff like that. And uh, my synchronicities tend to be very poetic. 
so I, I never thought about it this way before, but I think you're highlighting something really interesting, which is I think this is another way of realizing this is a manifestation from yourself because it kind of has the same quality of the things that you really enjoy. That's my new hypothesis. Well, I think it's a really good one. Um, uh, I've been debating a question uh, someone asked in one of the forums that I belong to. That it, uh, it's a young lady and new to the group, and you know, it's like, well, so if we're all supposed to get rid of our ego, we're all going to be the same, and we're not going to be able to tell any difference between people, and we're all going to dress the same, and you won't, you know, really love the other person you're with, and you'll just be. What are you doing? And it just sounded so desolate. And I find, uh, and especially you know, since I've been channeling, um, there's personalities to channeled entities, just like there's personalities to anyone else. And whether it's Abraham or Bashar or uh, Nestor, they can be as much fun as as you are, so to speak. You know, if you play with them, they play. Uh, and, but that it is, they're individuals still, nonetheless. Yes, yes. Um, Indiv- they're individualized aspects of focus. Even though they exist, they exist non physically. They, like us, are an aspect of focus. Of, you know, within the unified field, but an individualized aspect of focus. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's a tough concept, and I've just kind of written it off to it doesn't translate to 3D well. Is that we're you know separate. In, well, to, that we're unique points, yet all one at the same time, and and I think it just doesn't translate well into time and space and separate bodies. I I think it doesn't translate until someone's ready to hear it. I, like I was thinking that the question that this woman asked you actually is really profound and beautiful, and I love that she asked it because it's kind of an unpopular question because it's obvious most people don't think you know she's obviously saying I don't quite agree with what I hear because this is what I feel like is going to happen, and I. I have learned from my own readers that these kinds of questions are really helpful for me because since some of this maybe comes more naturally for some of us, you know, depending on the role that we chose, some of us, you know, there are people that were awake before me, I'm awake before others, and we each have different roles. And so I think sometimes um, these people remind us of what's so hard for people who are still waking up. And I think you're right in the sense that it doesn't translate, but I think it doesn't translate until someone has the energetic architecture to hold on to it. And sometimes it takes, in my experience with teaching, lots of examples. And uh, my ex-boyfriend is Greek, and I have had so many strange experiences with him until I figured out the kinds of examples that make sense to him. And he is very... Um, because his language is not normally English, I have to be very literal. And once I started making very literal metaphors, he could follow my thinking very easily. He's obviously very bright, but before I would get very frustrated. So I think some of it is that people have to be ready. And then um, the other part is, you know, finding the right language for the right person, and not everything works for everybody, right? I mean, everybody's different. Sure. Well, and... and uh, Nestor's always sort of been, you know, what do you mean, get rid of your ego? We don't, what, you're going to cut your hand off? It, it's not, it's part of you. Uh, now, you may change your relationship. You may change how you interact. You may change 
you know, roles or anything. It can change in many, many ways, but there it is. And um, there's no no deleting of some faulty part of yourself. It's not like that. But, uh, But it is a tough one when, because many in spirituality talk about, you know, well, the ego get in the way and you got to lose your ego. And, and I know what they're talking about, but I also understand that it can be misunderstood real easily. Cause like you said, yeah. it's all, it's all from where is the, where's the listener? Yes. And, and you're bringing up a really good point, which is that um, a lot of this is very sensitive and it, it's not something, it, you know, as you become more and more, um, aware of your own subtle energy field, which is seemingly so disconnected from what we're talking about, which is how to share ideas. But the funny thing is, as we become more aware of our own subtle energy field and we become more and more uh, enlightened, like able to, as the light around us on the planet and as it's being transmitted from the great central sun through our sun to the to the surface of the earth, as we're able little by little to adjust to these higher frequency vibrations, the funny thing is you don't have to say the right words so much because what happens when you communicate to one another is that you transmit like a whole packet of ideas. It's the way that when we're talking to someone who we know really well, we just sort of know what they're going to say as they're saying it because what's really happening is we're receiving energetically the whole communication which begins in the mind and in the focus of the energy. And so as people begin to awaken more, um, I think communication becomes easier because it's really much more holistic. But in the beginning, it's really hard because I think it's primarily verbal. And then, uh, you know, if you're, um, if you're talking to someone and you don't see their face, um, when I used to be in training and development, they would tell us that that's only about 7% of communication, that 93% of communication is actually all the nonverbal things that go on so when you're talking on the phone with someone, like we are right now, if you're not able to also receive the energetics of the conversation, then you're only getting about 7% of what's really happening. So obviously there are multiple levels on which all these conversations <laughs> take place, right? And uh, Sure. I guess and, if we're, you know, Abraham's been saying that for 20 years, is that there's lots more going on here than just what we're the words we're saying. But right. it... I think too it you have to kind of practice and get used to it because uh I think uh, I don't experience it much anymore with the people I tend to have gravitated to have around me but right um that that early in my life that there were a lot of times when I think in in retrospect I think the energetic message and the verbal message were at odds with each other so we kind of I kind of learned to disregard the energetic Which message one? because oh, you okay. because I, I was hearing the one. words, you know, but I always yeah. was confused and and I never understood why it was confusing because I under you know, I understood English pretty well. <laughs> I thought uh, uh, <clears throat> Well, and, you're also, you're also talking about something that's really so much of what's happening, I think, in relationships right now is that, you know, you probably also were hearing things from a soul level, right, would you say, when you were talking to someone, that you were maybe sensing their larger energy, and 
and then you were also hearing the words that might have been formed with a very local, human, third-dimensional perspective. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, and and that it all that that it the same thing happened to me when I first you know came upon channeling. I was it was very clear to me in it was 1985 or six. It was very, it was very clear to me that that was I, I was like that's that's it that's what I'm supposed to be doing, and but th- then I pushed it away again just like, and I didn't see this at the time, uh, but just like I learned to push away energetic communication when I was little, when I was a uh, little kid, and um, ran away from it for years, and then I'd sort of come back and dabble around a little bit, and as I say, you know. They would start talking to me, and I'd ah, and <laughs> run the other way. And of course, I wasn't finding you know community in it. And it's a little easier, I hope, for folks to find community when these odd things begin to happen. But um, well, how beautiful that you're so much more comfortable now, and that you're doing this, and that you also can understand and relate to people who have that challenge. I mean, I think that's a really nice place to be in, Rick. It is, and I I look at, at at many of the things that you know when you say, well, if I could do it over, I might not do that. Um, they were they've been very important in my particularly in my one on one work with people. Um, uh, and you know, you talked about tuning into the energetics and 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 hearing the larger message, and that's sort of my answer sometimes to people. Why don't you just do everything for free on Blog Talk Radio? is it, it i i can't get on here with a dozen people and say the right thing for all 12 of them at the same time sometimes no but uh, you know what before i joined you for example i created an intention that everyone today who's listening will get what they're looking for so we we can we can work with these quantum energies which i know you know i kind of jumped on your thought cuz it was a nice little trampoline (laughs) but uh you know we can create an intention and then we can work with the quantum energies that we're all connected to to support our our desires to connect and communicate yeah i think that's sometimes why um gene and i have kind of learned not to plan these sessions of everyday connection too much i mean we have topics we want to cover we we try to hit those points but um is sometimes the conversation will go somewhere that neither host nor guest nor none of us had any, how did we get off on that? And then I'll get some beautiful email from somebody about how that was just so what they needed to hear today. And, right. um, perfect. and it, it seems strange for us to be talking about all one and this and that, and that, that, that some call that there's a lot of people on could get turned in a direction that was really, you know, turned on just this one person. But the information was probably of value to more than the one person, and and um, and sometimes they hear it differently. Yes, and this kind of goes to what you and I were talking about before the call started, which is about these curious desires. And um, they're one of the ways that I have really learned to find my life. And you're you're talking about basically the fact that we give ourselves permission to let the desire of our interest create the conversation. And I think um, um, permission, for starters, is like such a huge thing. And I was thinking this earlier when you were talking about um, 
the ability to believe in your experience and stuff. And I think even for people who are not yet in a state of what we would call awakening to the ascension and stuff, it's still a challenge. There are there are many, many um, patterns and lineages on our planet that have not encouraged people to give themselves permission to follow their own desires even or their own interests or their own passions. You know, it's such a cliche, this idea that people, you know, become um, professionally active in careers to fulfill the dreams of their parents or or that their parents didn't understand or take seriously what they cared about, so they didn't do it. I mean, whether you're talking in the very literal 3D world or in the multidimensional world we're exploring, there's still this enormous need to give yourself permission to be your own authority and to trust your own desires. And um, this is a long comment, but what I was thinking of was um, when I first talked to you about being on the show, I was thinking about all the weird desires that I have had that I didn't understand at the time. You know, like I go through periods of times where suddenly I have this really big desire to watch uh, Design Star. So I watched the whole last season of Design Star, which was all about, you know, picking a new person for the House and Garden television channel to do a design show. I was just mesmerized with it. I couldn't stop watching it. I couldn't wait till it was on the air, you know. And here I am in the middle of the day watching TiVo'd versions of Design Star. Now, I mean, I'm really visual and stuff, but this desire came on so strong and out of the blue. And I think it's because I wa- I'm probably going to end up starting to do videos next year. And I'm starting to think about how do I want to share ideas and how do you share ideas visually. But I didn't know that at first. In the beginning, I just thought I could be writing and working on my website. And instead, I'm watching Design Star. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, you know, it's important to... And I just channeled a message about this yesterday, which I haven't transmitted yet. But the message from Archangel Michael that I got yesterday was about mystery. And that part of what's happening is that we have to open ourselves up to the fact that life is mysterious. And with the human body that we have, we're not necessarily ever, even when we fully awaken, going to be able to perceive, and we wouldn't want to. It would be like giant sensory overload. We're not going to be able to perceive all the different components of what's happening in our own experience or in the things we're involved in. Right. And that, and that that's okay. Yeah. It, 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 that, that it's something that has cheered me out of some of the folks they talked to, particularly at the beginning of these Occupy things, they were willing to say on television news, I don't have any, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but what we're doing is not working, and we're not talking about it. We've got to talk about it. And and I was just thought it was fantastic that there were that more and more people are okay with. Look, I don't know, but but I know this isn't good, or I don't really know why, but I know this is good. Um, is opening up to that. It 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 leaves in so many more possibilities. Um, That's really beautiful. I'm glad you've shared that. And I think it's really inspiring. It it it, it is, and and um, and and I'm taking a lot of celebration and inspiration out of a lot of the things that I've seen. Uh, but then again, that's the viewpoint. A lot of people are looking at it, and getting really angry. I'm looking at it and laughing about how good things are. And there's bad. There's things I'd rather not see. I just don't. They just don't come on my wall. They just don't appear. 
and yeah. because your focus really yeah yeah, right? yeah your focus really does determine what comes and um and the more you let it come and and uh, like you said start with simple things little things um i used to love abraham used to talk about or actually it was more people that I, other coaches that i talked to that would say try parking places that's my favorite that's totally my favorite one and, i love it yeah i do too <laughs> and and it's such a fun game and and how easy how nice you know to be able to have something that just really come on it's not that important I used to joke about people in America going to the health club and waiting 10 minutes for a parking space so they don't have to walk very far to go get on the treadmill. It's, it's nutty. but um, So it's not that important. You know, I'm 10 cars away or I'm in the front row rock star parking. Um, and um, so that surprised me, that curious, that, wow, this is, I don't know where I'm going or why I'm going there, but this is fun. It's a fun way also to introduce other people to Law of Attraction, the parking spot thing. Because I used to go to the movies with people and I would do it. And I would say, I'm going to get, a, I'm going to create our parking spot. This would be my little way of, you know, exposing them to my thing. And, and they would say, what do you do? And I would say, I'm picturing us like high-fiving each other the minute we get out of the car. And um, so I would picture the end result. And then sometimes I would see the color of the car backing out you know, or something, and then the challenge is to let the person be led to the parking spot, you know. So, but it's a fun way to introduce your friends to law of attraction, to manifest parking spots. It's easy, and like you're saying, it's kind of non-threatening, so if it doesn't work, it's not a big deal. You haven't, like, risked your whole life on it, but you can, and it's also fun to play with these things by yourself because it's a safe way to explore your intuition and, um, and to ask for guidance. And sometimes I ask for directions. Like when I'm thinking about uh, where I want to go eat and I can't make a decision because every once in a while, if I don't eat very often, I get really hungry and then I can't think clearly. So I'll ask Archangel Michael just to give me directions. And so, and then I'll, and then sometimes I get mad because I'm so hungry and I'll say, you got to give them to me in advance. Like don't wait till the corner to tell me like, so he's pretty good now. He tells me like two streets in advance when I need to turn and stuff. And he'll take me right to a restaurant. Yeah. Amazing. I um um my first experiences were I didn't follow it. Uh I remember I was going to a cell phone store, been there a gazillion times, so I know how to get there. And but I'm coming up to a corner at the freeway and I'm I'm three lanes over on the wrong side of the road. And I suddenly realized this and I'm like, Oh my goodness, what am I doing? And I cut across traffic make the left turn instead of the, I was lined up to make a right turn. I make the left turn. I get down to where the store is, and there's a big sign in the glass window in front says, we've moved. (laughs) (laughs) And directions to get to the new store. And had I turned right at that corner, the the store was half a block. It was, I mean, it was right there. I love it. And and so, you know, I now... would have probably right you know it 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 it, when i when my logical brain jumps up and goes wait i i have to try to have a little patience with 
both the logical mind and, you know, maybe this does make sense. It's just a different logic we're not familiar with yet. We didn't take that course yet, so we'll go this way. And, um, but it can it can be so funny when both when you follow it and it works well. Um, uh, ah, that's that's Jane. Hello. Yes. Yes. Hi, Jane. Hey there. Hi, Meredith. How are you? I'm wonderful now. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Rick, I want to. Can I make an observation about something you just said, Jean? I don't mean to. I just wanted to, you just. No, no. Carry on. And I, I think it connects to the early part of the call when we were talking about ego. So you know, you were saying that when your logical mind, we're talking about when you're getting those feelings, Jean, that you, you know, like you're driving somewhere and you start getting these feelings that you should go in a different direction than where you know the place is, and then it turns out the place moved. And Rick was saying that his, you know, the once the logical mind starts getting involved in the process. And I think, Rick, that loops back to your comments in the beginning about the role of the ego, because that there's the ego right there. So, I mean, one of the things that, that I've done, which you might try if you're having a challenge, um, there's two things I think work really good for, helping to get your ego to participate in the process in a way where it's helping, not like at odds with. One is just to ask the ego to be in service to the heart. And it sounds like such a simple thing to do, but how often do we really talk to our own body? You know, and we're like, you know, we're the director. We're the captain of the body in terms of the focus of our thoughts and our and where our attention goes. And yet, we don't really very often talk to our bodies. And so I I think, you know, I've had personally great success in asking my ego to be in service to my to my heart and to my expanded energy. And the other thing is to become friends with the mind. And um, for me, the, the most powerful way to do that was through meditation, through doing some kind of practice where I let go of thinking and... Um, so my mind gets comfortable with just being in a quiet space and it learns to be in that space and to not have anxiety about it, to not feel it needs to be doing something all the time. So then the mind becomes more um, capable of like helping you remember things or helping you think through things or to envision or imagine things, but it's not necessarily just running around because there's like this level of anxiety if there's not something happening. So I think both of those things are helpful, and, and your comment takes us right back to the beginning when we were talking about the ego. Absolutely. Yeah, Jane has a good friend uh, that uh, got her started talking to her body. Um, you want know, to tell us about Sandra and the talking to the body? and Because and, um, um, it's yeah, such a great well, little I mean, thing, and I'd love to hear what Meredith... We've just been talking about everything, so she's she's long on the list of um she's she's on she's on the long list of amazing people that got me through my um, physical disabilities last year. So, um, but no, she she took it to a whole new level um, shortly after I finished the book on healing, um, where you know a large part of that was you have to get this running conversation going with your body. 
um, she came up with this amazing way to deal with pain, depending, of course, on the situation. Now, her her situation at the time was that she had gotten a tooth pulled. Um, she'd never had one pulled before, so she was totally unprepared for the pain that um, that goes along with getting a tooth yanked because it does leave a gaping hole in your mouth. <laughs> um, so she suffered with it for, for the first couple days. She said it wasn't too bad. Day three, day four, she was starting to worry a little bit. Day five was starting to really freak her out. But I was living with her at the time, and I said, you know, I've, I've had teeth pulled before, and, and, you know, day five, six, and seven suck a lot. And she was like, but doesn't that mean I'm getting an infection or a dry sock? And I'm like, no, no, no. It just means your body's healing. There's a hole in your mouth. It hurts. Um, and she didn't want to rely on the pain medication. She's also, you know, she does acting jobs. She was, she had, she had to go on set. She had to work. She didn't want to be on heavy duty pain medication. So when she decided that it just was this hole in her mouth that was causing the pain, she decides okay, I'm going to have a, a two-minute conversation with my body. So basically what she does is she tells her body, thank you for the pain. I appreciate you yeah. telling me that there's yeah. something wrong with my body, but I am aware that there is a hole in my mouth. Um, I'm aware that I have to take care of it. I'm aware that I have to eat certain foods and, and stay away from really hot drinks, really cold. You know, she, went, she started this two-minute conversation. She talked to her body maybe two minutes, 20 minutes later, pain-free, the pain never came back. But the key to that, and this is what I discovered when I, was, when I was going through it with my back, and this is vitally important, you cannot lie to your body. So don't say oh that God. you're going to take care of this. Take, don't say you're going to take care of this injury and then not take care of it. Because if, if she stopped taking care of her mouth and stopped flushing it out with the salt water and, and got an infection, the pain is going to be tenfold because you have to be aware that the pain is something to be grateful for. It lets you know that there's something wrong. So don't lie to your body. Um, if you're, Rick came up with this when I was sick, and I'm like, I really need to, I, I need to up my water intake. I need to change my, my habits. And he, you know, one of the things he told me was make sure that you don't say you're going to all of a sudden drink for bottles of water a day and then go back to two in three days because then you're lying to your body and your body's not going to trust you. So um, it, it was a remarkable joining of, of experience that all came to this moment where she got two-minute conversation with her body, got pain to go away, and, and it never returned. And I was just blown away by the results. Sounds you also, just now when you told that story, I felt so much love when you were recounting the way that she spoke to her body. I mean, she was talking to her body the way you would speak to a little kid with incredibly loving reassurance and um, yeah. and acknowledgement, you know, and I felt it. Just even when you repeated the story, I felt moved. It was it was an incredible experience for me because I had just gone through this healing process what I, where I, I wrote a whole book on, and then a month later, I'm living in her house. She goes through this experience. She hadn't read my book yet. She didn't know many details about the stuff that I had learned while I was healing. We hadn't had time to discuss it because we'd been working on some other stuff together. And But she's a hypnotherapist, so... Um, you know, she she took what she learned. She took some of the conversations we'd had. 
she put it all together and she came up with this wonderful, Ooh. viable, oh. loving solution, which was just, I mean, I I, I was just so. Hello. Uh, hang on a second there, Jean. Let me, uh, I'm going to unmute your phone line and we'll see how it goes. Oh, what happened? You, well, it was alien speak. It's what we call that, Meredith. <laughs> Speak. Yeah, we say that oh, our universal translator out? goes out and our native tongue comes out and it's staticky um, to the earth ears. But, uh, yeah, you want a little uh, alien speak there for a sec. But oh, um, I noticed, too, that while she was tell- recounting the story, Meredith, that you gave us an oh, my God, when she said you can't lie to your body. Well, it, you know what it struck me? It, it I mean, it validated what I was experiencing while she told the story, which was I was experiencing how truthful and sincere she was talking to herself. And then I was also thinking about, I just got a note this afternoon from a member of the Legion of Michael who was talking to uh, me about her physical experiences recently. And she was talking about this feeling of, Oh my God! I I woke up today. I I'm paraphrasing terribly, but she had just had this incredible emotional release that was super painful, and she feels very like she can't get a hold of clarity. And this has been going on for a few days now, and it's very disturbing. And how she innately knows that she is free and expansive and filled with light, and what you know, why can't she get back there? And um, and I think all this is so beautifully interconnected because. What I was thinking when I said, oh, my God, is, first of all, part of all of this, like Jean was saying in the story, is just understanding why we have experiences and that they're natural. So, like, it's natural to have pain when you have a hole in your mouth. And I wrote this woman back, and I shared her um, with her some of the things that we've been talking about on Facebook, which is about all the ways that many, many people are feeling death in their lives, like that huge parts of their life are leaving, and for some people they think of that as death, and some people think of it as release or shifting or transformation, but that her her situation is very familiar um, and very similar to things I've been hearing from lots of people. But the other thing I was thinking about was how useful what Jean shared is with all the physical symptoms that people have as their bodies are morphing as they start to ascend. And this... um, you know, we often talk about, you know, when you're tired, you, sh- you should allow yourself to go to sleep, right? <laughs> you shouldn't worry about the fact that maybe you're not being productive and you haven't finished your to-do list for today. And so if you're really feeling tired, rest. If you're really feeling like suddenly you need to eat way more food, then allow yourself to eat more food. If Then tomorrow you suddenly feel like you don't need to eat, then don't eat. And and so, and I mean, in a way, it all just, I see these patterns in our conversation where there's these themes to living a nice life, which have to do with um, authenticity and sincerity and self-trust and um, being fluid and giving yourself permission to do what feels right to you. I, I mean, I just, I was really touched by, even though, Gene, you weren't here during the beginning of our conversation, these same patterns are emerging, which makes me think these are these are keys to um, to how we navigate at this time. That that in all these different stories, these kind of um, perspectives and approaches are so beneficial. Seems I think it's inspired, and I think it's. I just wanted to make note of that because I think that maybe that's 
one thing to walk away from our call from with is, is the awareness that those are useful tools right now. Back to your comment earlier, Rick, about tools. Yeah. Well, and and, and I'll get us, uh, in the past week, I've had two different times where I've had a sudden, rather odd, painful place. Not, you know, nothing excruciating, but a soreness or a, and, but it, but it was getting a little bit worse. And I'll just honestly sit in that I don't know and literally ask my body, you know, okay, I get it. Something's happening. Something needs adjustment. Something's, what, show me what's going on. Show me what it is that I need to do. And sometimes it's really obvious, like I'll think about eating a certain food or uh, something like that, and the pain will go away while I'm thinking about it. And I'll say, oh, I don't know, I don't have any of that, and then the pain comes back. And it, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's more subtle than that, but as I've gone on with it, it can get to be a, a, an almost a an open two-way conversation. Uh, I mean, my body doesn't, you know, say, well, actually, I was thinking there's a little more calcium, it'd be lovely. It's it's not like that. <clears throat> but I love I love what you're saying because you know this is so. Can I amplify it a little bit? Please. There's um, this is so relevant for people who feel they don't have a sense of their own guidance because what because of what you just said. It, it, it's not like your body tells you you need calcium. You you just will feel an urge for a certain food and um. Shanta Gabriel, who is a well-known channel for Archangel Gabriel and a dear friend of mine, told me a funny story this summer when I thought I was going to move to Mount Shasta, and then I ended up not moving there. And I realized afterwards that I had only gotten up there twice looking for a house so that I could have other experiences. And she told me a story that her guru told her. And the story is this. Her guru lives in Hawaii and does most of her work around the world via her telephone and her Internet. And the whole thing had gone down right when she was supposed to have all these kind of sessions with people. And she was extremely irritated. And she went out to her garden, which was very expansive. And so she was quite away from her house gardening, trying to find some way to deal with her energy and how frustrated she was. And while she, you know, as soon as she gets, like, really far from her house, she has this insane craving for chocolate. She can't stop thinking about chocolate, and she can't believe that she's way out away from her house with all this stuff she wants to do, and she can't stop thinking about chocolate, so finally she goes back to the house. And when she gets to the house, the telephone repairman is there, and he says, oh, I was in the area. I was hoping I might find you because I heard all the phone lines went down, and I'd like to fix your phone. And so she said to her guides later, why didn't you just tell me that the phone man was there? And they said, because you wouldn't have listened. But we thought if we got you to want chocolate, you'd probably go back to the house. It's so true. They do that all the time. All (laughs) the time. Rick and I have had this problem with George and Esther for, it's got to be, we're going on a couple months now, that they'll set us off on a path that seems so convoluted and it'll take like two weeks to get to the conclusion and go, well, why didn't you just tell us you wanted us to do this? And and always the same answer is that. It's because we didn't think you'd listen. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think that there's a, you know, in a way that's kind of a gift. It's it's the mystery of the whole thing. It's the, it's, it's an opportunity to learn to follow your 
yourself even when you maybe don't fully understand things. And and I think sometimes it's good that we don't fully understand things because maybe we wouldn't do them, you know, and well, or maybe our brain would get in the way even more than it already does. And um, I hear lots of these kinds of stories from my other friends who are channels. There are a lot of interesting ways that their guides get them to be in certain places at certain times and um, I've had a number of experiences where I think I'm going to help someone with something. And then what ends up happening is I end up in this kind of free-floating state where I have a month or two in a place I'm not usually, and it gives me this incredible space to just be with myself. And I never ha- and I don't have money or any other kinds of commitments, and so it's... Um, it's like a gift, and it comes out of nowhere. And if I'd have known that's what it was up in front, I probably would have turned it into a project. I would have said, "Oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to go write an ebook while I'm there or something." And instead, what happens is something completely organic, and and it's a total gift and it's a complete surprise. It it it's true, um, and I think it it gives us also an opportunity to look at some of the things that happen. Okay. Maybe Jean really Alien needs to be challenged. Maybe we're not, not going to hear about that from Jean. I don't know. Alien speak? Alien speak again? Yeah, alien speak again. I'm sorry. Um, I'm glad that you. I'm glad you said the word yeah, organic. <laughs> I'm glad you said the word organic uh, in there. That something organically goes because when our guests. It's not unusual for our guests to ask us ahead of time, either over Skype or email, what what are we going to talk about? What questions are you going to ask? And I don't know. <laughs> I it's it's hard to tell them um, that. Uh, well, we're going to ask you who you are and what do you do, and then we're going to go from there. Um, let's see. Try again, Alien Speak. <laughs> okay. Um, what I was going to say is that oftentimes uh, 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 I just, I'm, no? No, you're still, it's very electric sounding. You have quite an energy today. Yeah. Okay. I'll just sit here and listen. Okay. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what, why don't you, uh, why don't you, are, are you near your Skype? You, you are. Why don't you hang up this line and let me see if I can get you on Skype. Okay. We we only got a few minutes left, but we'd love to have I want to hear what you're saying. <laughs> okay. Is that well, better? Let's try that. Is that so, better? It sounds better. Awesome. Yeah. Um Thankfully, we can drag out the show a little bit because we have that option. <laughs> Sorry about the technical difficulties, Guy. Yeah, my energy is, is crazy off the wall today. Um, but what I was going to say is that oftentimes it gives us an opportunity to look back at some of the things that happened to us that may not have looked like a positive thing at the time. And it turns out that um, it was one of those tools that, was helpful in guiding us to the right place at the right time so that the right thing could happen to take right. that next step. Um, I had a car breakdown three times in one week, leaving me stranded in three different cities, um, just so that 
two months later, I could be or I could have an extra hundred dollars that I needed when I was in my old city after moving, um, taking care of some some final legalities with regards to moving and the extra hundred dollars was something I needed and it turns out the um reimbursement for the tow truck from CAA came the day I was needing that extra money. So, you know, I mean And that was the trip to Toronto? That was the crazy synchronistic trip to Toronto. Yeah. yeah and Jane that, was getting ready to have to go to Toronto and was a little concerned. She's like, I don't have any money. I can't I go no to money. Toronto. I have no money. And no, I said no I said, what do you need money for? And she said, I don't know. i got to do stuff. And I said, well, if you need money in Toronto, the money will be in Toronto. And which even sounds strange to me, but I said it. But, you know, that experience, when you get an attack of the eye wheeze. Um, <clears throat> and uh, sure enough, she went and the $100 check showed up out of nowhere. Got a phone call uh, and they said... Um we have a hundred dollar check here. We tried to mail it to you, but your address has changed. And um, did you did you forget that you're getting a reimbursement for the tow truck? And I was like, Yeah, I yeah. did. Um, where's your Where's your office? And they, you know, they gave me the street. I said, Well, I'll be there in forty five minutes because it's not very far from where I am. So, um, you know, so there was an extra hundred dollars that I wasn't expecting, but but really really needed. I I literally went to Toronto with enough money for gas to get. To Toronto and back to Montreal. I had I had no idea where I was going to be staying. I had no way to get food, but I had to be in Toronto to take care of some business. So I went on a whim, um, and sure enough, you know that it was taken care of. And you know, if my car had not broken down two months ago three times, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have had that hundred dollar check at just the right time. So. And, and I have to admit, you you sailed through the three breakdowns much better, perhaps, than I would have. You just kept saying, well, there's something going on. And you did, besides the money later, you did meet some interesting people. And I met some fabulous people during those breakdowns. Um, and it it was an adventure. Just because I stopped looking at it like it was, you know, this horrible thing is happening to me. And, and I was totally looking at the whole thing that this this has got to be for a reason. It has to be for a reason. There you go. And and I think that's key for everybody that, you know, if I could say one thing to people that don't have any idea about Ascension, they just know that their reality seems to be changing around their ears, is you can say don't resist it, but that sounds so strange. It's trust it. You just got to trust it. And then a lot of these, quote, negative things that brought us to the right place at the right time really aren't negative things. Because, uh, you know, you said that, Gene, that these negative things can bring us to a good place two months later, but, but really no, you had a lot of fun. And seemingly, seemingly negative. negative. Yeah. yeah but I just want to highlight that because I remember the events of the breakdowns and going to Toronto very well. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, you know, we're right in the middle of the break, breakdown, and she's like, yeah, but I met this lady at this place because I needed to charge my phone, and then we got to talking, and then she told me about this thing, and she totally was open to just, okay, I'm here, and the car's broken down for the second time. There's something going on, and sure enough, it broke down again, so she could really get some good confirmation, but, but you know, took it in stride and turned it into a fun adventure, 
So even if it had nothing to do with two months later, you know, good karma or any of that setup of synchronicities, it was a fun adventure for what it was. And that's what people miss is... It really was. And people thought I was nuts. They really thought I was mm-hmm. nuts. Mm-hmm. In fact, I got accused um, of lying about the whole thing because I was taking it so well. You know, I'm like, okay, good. I'm trying to get to my kid in Toronto and I'm stuck in Montreal again, still. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you know, but I drove but for I was, four hours, but now I'm stuck back in Montreal where I started. Okay. Yeah, good. it was you know, I it was it was three days, three breakdowns, three different cities, and I never managed to get further than two and a half hours outside of Montreal. Like it was just it was totally ridiculously funny and by the end of it I was I was laughing so much that people thought I was nuts. You know, and I guess they expected me to be upset, but I just couldn't bring myself to be at this point. It's why? I think that's a symptom too. That's a symptom too of, of of awakening. You know, because it's not that easy to be so graceful in the beginning. It's really not. So I think you know, certainly, not only should you pat yourself on the back, but I think it's good for us to say out loud that it's not that easy for people to do that in the beginning. It's really not. And I don't even I don't even know that I can tell people to trust it. I think I can tell people I trust it, and I can say. I can't remember who told me this, but there's a great there's a great question to ask yourself. You can say in any situation, if my life was happening perfectly, what might this be about? And so it kind of opens you up to the possibility for seeing meaning in things. But sometimes I think it's even just and Abraham talks about this all the time, and I know Rick, you're a huge fan of Abraham, but it's just opening ourselves up to the possibility. So what if I might be able to trust this? What what if it might what if there might be an intelligence to everything that's happening that I can't understand? Is it possible for me to to keep myself in a state of being where I'm going to have I'm going to feel better for starters, just for me in a very selfish way right now? And can I do that by saying maybe I won't understand this right now? Maybe the meaning will come later. Maybe this is intentional. Maybe I'll never know. Maybe who it's benefiting, I will never even know. Um, maybe it's benefiting me in a way I can't understand now. But I, I like the idea of opening up to the possibility because I, I think sometimes if I try to say I'm going to believe in something when I really don't, it's kind of back to Gene's thing about not lying to my body, you know. I think that I have to just be honestly where I am. And for some people, I don't know that they can trust it, but they can say maybe there's meaning here. Maybe there's a bigger... Maybe there's a bigger story than what I can understand. Is that possible? I, I yeah. think that the is that possible though that even that raises your vibration enough to be able to not um, not well, just be angry. Maybe. At, he, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a positive step. I'm just saying I think it's an e- it's a smaller step. And it's, I think you know when we think about the fact that of trying to learn how to. We were talking in the beginning of the call about trying to learn how do we learn to trust our intuition, how do we learn to follow, you know, the voices we channel as well as other things, and it 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 starts in smaller steps, right? And it, but you're right, it opens you up. It's those small steps that open things up. And those little those little steps. So, and here's the key to that is that, um, it it really doesn't matter if it's something that's happening that's that's going to help you in the future or if it's something that's helping somebody that you're ever never going to meet um if you can take that little itty bitty step just to say um maybe 
there's something positive in this, then you have just done yourself a huge favor. Absolutely. And that is more than enough. Well, and it 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 reminds me of a post, and I, you know, hate to throw other people's quotes in the show. Oh, no, I love to throw other people's quotes <laughs> in the shows. Um, that um, I wasn't sure why I came across that today, but now I know. Um, and it was a it's a quote from Deepak Chopra, and he's talking about Vedanta, which is from the Vedas and ancient Indian, ancient old Indian uh, spirituality. And uh, but according to Vedanta, there's only two symptoms of enlightenment, just two indications that a transformation is taking place within you. The first symptom is you stop worrying. Things don't bother you anymore. You become lighthearted and full of joy. And then the second symptom is that you encounter more and more meaningful coincidences in your life, more and more synchronicities, and this accelerates to the point where you actually begin to experience the miraculous. And that's really, it's those little spots where you can see as we said with the parking, you, you said about the parking game, parking spot game, Meredith, that there's not so much risk there. It's You're not jumping off the cliff. And I think that's what they, they mean when they say start with the parking spot game. Because, yes, there's an answer right this minute for your financial woes that are on your mind, but it would require you to jump off a cliff and fly down to another spot. And you can do that just fine, but you just don't think you can. So we're going right. to take you on a little trek to learn to trust yourself and um, and practice. You know, um, I heard, uh, I don't know if it was Seth or it was, but in a recent, you know, channel saying, you know, yeah, you could, just like the Matrix, you could download the information on how to fly a helicopter. But could you could you download the trust to trust yourself when you sat in the seat? Probably not. So it wouldn't, you wouldn't get it. And uh, so you start with the little things, and then the miraculous begins to seem not so impossible. So tell us, uh, Meredith, we've gone a little over, and I do appreciate you sticking with us and hanging, because I, I know Jean wanted to chat with you too. Um, and oddly enough, I said she she probably joined us for the second half of the show. I don't know why I said that, but she, <laughs> then she did. I just squeak in there. I did, yeah. And um, uh, so we're so glad you did. But tell us, uh, I know you per said something in a recent email I received about that you're going to be holding an 11-11-11 event. I uh, am. This was news to me today. Oh, good. Good. So <laughs> we're going to hear some more about that. Where where can folks go on the web, and et cetera, to find out more? We're going to have all your links, uh, of course, up on our website um, and uh, then here in a few days uh, around the weekend, uh, Gene will do a reflections on what we've chatted about, uh, and we'll give them all again. But for our podcast listeners, uh, where can they find you? Thank you. Um, expectwonderful.com is my website, and um, from there you can pretty much link to everything that I'm involved in. So if you're on Facebook, on the right-hand side, you'll see a link to what's called the forum, which will take you to a Facebook page where there's about 7,000 incredible people who discuss these kinds of things. And um, in terms of the 11.11 event, I was channeling Archangel Michael this afternoon, and he talked to me about doing an event that day, which I had been asking about. So I'm not, 
I have to write it up and post it. But that would normally be under my events tab on my page. So um, on the very front of the page when you come, there's a welcome letter. And um, I hope that you will feel warmly welcome because I'm always happy to meet new people. And on the right-hand side of that is a very nice drawing with the letters L-O-V-E on it. And if you click there, it'll take you to a link to sign up for the mailing list. And um, so that will help you if you'd like to get notice about new channeled messages or articles that might be relevant to the energy right now, as well as announcements for upcoming events. And pretty much everything in my in my sphere of activity shows up there. So, fantastic. So that again, folks, is www.expectwonderful. The two words just together: expectwonderful.com. And we hope you'll go and visit uh, Meredith and uh, get on the mailing list. She's got some wonderful things going on, and I've attended a number of her events, and they are always. Uh, uplifting and expansive and uh, um, particularly for me anyway around the uh, heart center and the high heart center so um, I couldn't uh, I couldn't give a higher recommendation for uh, if you're looking for a group of folks to uh, hang with or if anything Meredith has said tonight has resonated with you um, and of course we'll be back uh, in two days on Thursday uh, hope you all will join us again at 8 uh, Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern, we're going to have Gianna and Genevieve, 16-year-old twins who have taken it upon themselves to uh, put up a, uh, a what is, there's at least 12 parts, I know, Jane, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's a guide to, um, it's not even a guide, really. It's, um, it's, it's, Trying to understand from the perspective of a young young mind um, in today's society what um, this whole ascension, ascension and, thing means and consciousness thing means. Um, Beautiful. And especially for young people, um, young adults, I, that's definitely a show you don't want to miss. Um, not not to say that these two young women would not more than entertain any adult out there because they're they're exceptionally intelligent, very well spoken, highly energetic. Um we're so actually excited just to have them here. Uh you know, it's they're who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and it's it's going to be it's going to be a really really Beautiful show for me, especially because I I love when young people get involved with what's going on in our world, and I love when they can come out and and not be afraid to express the truth of who they are. And um, these two have absolutely no fear with regards to what society is going to think um, about I, their message. So I'm just thrilled to have the opportunity to give them a platform uh, to further their communication. They have a great YouTube channel, but also to give them some uh, validation. Uh, remember, folks, when you deal with young people, they're, that's what they are, is young people. Or as Mama Webb would put it, tiny, tiny humans. humans. Yeah. And they have a lot of wisdom if you'll listen uh, and uh, hear what they're saying. So, so anyway, thanks, thanks, Meredith, for uh, for being with us again and for giving us your time. I know that you're, uh, well, you're kind of like us. You follow where your heart leads so you can be busy. All right, folks, thanks so much for being here, and we'll talk to you Thursday night. Good night.
Have a great night, guys. Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.